Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Informational Interviews hosted by the Actuarial Science Club here at Nebraska. Today, I am also joined by my new co-host, Ms. Charlie Brockhouse. Charlie, Charlie will be joining the team and will be a producer for our podcast. Say hello to everyone, Charlie. Hi, I'm Charlie Brockhouse. I'm a junior. I am the Vice President of Meetings, and I have an internship at Humana this summer. And it's actually pretty nice. Today, we're actually going to be introducing someone else from Humana who is currently an actuarial analyst. And I'm going to actually introduce and go in a little bit about her background now. So today, we have the pleasure to interview Ms. Megan Alexander. Megan is currently an actuarial analyst at Humana and recently transitioned to a full-time position within the past year. Megan has accomplished a great deal while in college, ranging from being the president of her sorority, president of the math club, a member of ODK, an active scholar, receiving numerous scholarships and awards on campus, and was actually one of the first people to interview me on a podcast here at Humana this past summer. So I'm incredibly thankful to have Megan here on today, and I guess you can say she helped play a huge role in the inspiration of this idea. But Megan, how are you doing today? Hey everyone, how is it going? So without further ado, I guess we'll dive right into the questions. So Megan, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your professional story? Yeah, sure. So um, as you mentioned, um, I recently graduated. I went to Bellarmine University, which is in Louisville, Kentucky, and that was actually a pretty great location because Humana is right down the block. And I started my internships with Humana going into my junior year. And I spent some time in the trend analytics and forecasting department. And then after that, I rotated into senior products actuarial. And I have been with that team now for just over two years. Um, and my role has been in the group Medicare department, ranging from the assumption side of things to the pricing model team. And now I am on the forecasting and projections team. Fantastic. So you've definitely been around for what it seems like at Humana in TAF, which is trend analytics and forecasting, and also in the senior products um, area as well. So that's fantastic. Um, we're really, like I said before, we're really happy to have you on here today to provide insights on the transition process um, that we, I know I'm going to be going through soon, and a lot of other students within the field are also going to be going through soon. Um, so thank you very much. And I will actually hand it off to Charlie now because she has the next <laughs> question. <laughs> Yeah, going off with what Matt said, um, my question goes into, what did you find was the most difficult part when transi transitioning into the full-time position at Humana? Um, if I'm being realistic, the hardest part was probably getting used to waking up early every day and having to get ready to go to the office, um, especially when you're in college, you know, sometimes your classes don't start until noon and then you kind of just get a roll out and sweatpants and you're good to go. So <laughs> that was probably the hardest part of it. Um, but I think just kind of getting used to having a new routine, it's almost like going back to, this is kind of a weird way to describe it, but it feels like you're almost back in high school because you have an earlier start, your routine is a little bit more standardized and you kind of have to go day by day in that way. And then add studying on top of that and just doing new adult things as you transition from the post-college world. That is probably the biggest transitional step that I think I had to take. For sure. I'm sure it got, it was um, difficult to like get back into like routine. 
Um, I found that even just like this summer, getting back into a routine with my internship and having like work um, every day from like about eight to five. So I understand. Um, I'll hand it off to you, Matt. <laughs> so that was, you know, like Charlie said, that's definitely what been my experience as well with the whole routine and building another routine. Um, so that's, you know, it's at least, you know, relaxing and like nice to see that that's not exactly just a me issue. <laughs> I, I thought that was like yeah, a total for me sure. issue. <laughs> But no, and definitely it sounds um, a little more daunting when you first start, you know, you're, they have like a few months break between graduating and starting full time. So you're very used to kind of that last bit of summer vacation. But once you're probably back into the swing of things for about a month, I think it's a lot easier than the first week. So hasn't stopped me yet. <laughs> there you go. And that's all that matters, I guess you could say for right now. because. Full steam ahead at this point. You're ready to take on the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So what advice would you give to those students who are still in school currently right now that are looking to expand upon their professional skill set within actuarial science? Ooh, that's a good one. So obviously, the one important thing is the exams. Um, that is something when I was a freshman I didn't know about. I didn't find out about those until I was a sophomore, actually, which um, probably a little bad on my part, but we're still here. Um, so I think that it's important to get one, maybe two things done while you're in school. And if you're a real go-getter, go for that third one. Um, but I also think it's really, really important to focus on developing yourself through different communities and a lot of campuses offer different opportunities for those, whether it's a registered student organization or um, some type of club, anything that you want to be involved with. Um, and I think probably the best way that I was able to develop as a professional while I was still in school had to have been through the clubs, whether it was the math club or even my sorority, FIMU. I was able to serve on the exec boards of both of them and kind of seeing how the club has to organize, you know, you have to fill out certain paperwork and that needs to be certain, turned in by a certain deadline. There are certain rules that you need to follow and just kind of the organizational structure. I think that really got me used to what it's like being inside of a work team. And I think that those skills are really, really great and can transition right over into the workplace where you end up. Gotcha. So I guess one of the main three, like, themes that I kind of seen in your response was basically you need to practice and be able to participate in developing your interpersonal skills within other individuals and other populations of people. Um, another one that I kind of saw was definitely passing the exams. Uh, don't feel bad about the whole freshman year. You didn't know about the exams. <laughs> I was in that same exact boat. Um, I, I've heard that there was some other things that you had to do within actuarial science. I didn't know that the actual exams itself would be <laughs> as difficult as they were. But like you said, here we are and we're, we're thriving in, in what we're doing right now, which is all that matters. Um, and then lastly, also the organizational structure of things and also getting used to uh, a certain way of how things are done. Because um, like, and that's kind of like one of the big things that I um, – enjoyed about the transition from a college life to a full-time professional lifestyle is there are um, certain aspects in which you do need to understand what you're supposed to be doing and what your role is and that what what really is your responsibilities and what your expectations are um, within the field and I'm sure as you as you mentioned you've definitely experienced that within the professional space as well 
and it's helped you in your transition. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of going back to that, um, the interpersonal things, definitely, um, anywhere that you go, any company that you intern with, wherever you end up starting full time, they have the ability to teach you all the different coding languages that you need to know. They can help prepare you for studying by giving you the materials and everything for that. But it's not as easy to teach being a teachable person, if that makes sense. So you really want to make sure that you're involved with a lot of different crowds. You want to make sure that you get to see people with different perspectives, different backgrounds. So that way you are, you end up developing yourself as a team player and you're able to communicate with different groups. Now the organizational structure, yes, I think that is super important. And when I first started my internship, um, when I was going into my junior year, that was one thing that I thought was really, um, was able to go from one end from being on a college student to that end if that makes any sense. So yeah, I mean, you go into your team and most of the time you'll have one manager and then kind of go up the ladder of team of the food chain, I guess, if you want to call it that. And you have another team that you work with that might not just be your straight line up the ladder, I guess. So making sure that you figure out what their responsibilities are, what your responsibilities are, and how you contribute to the big picture, I think that really helps out and makes you feel a little bit more proud of the work that you do because you know that it's not just something that you're putting for you or even your manager. It's something that's going to be put out for other teams and kind of gets spread out a little bit further than you might think. Gotcha. So basically understanding the why behind what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge thing that I've kind of seen, at least in my journey and and other people's journey as well, is those that understand the why, that will take you far um, and that will make you a successful individual. I was going to say on that, I think it's not even just the why, um, like going into the workforce. I think it's even just understanding why now, like starting young and going to when you are in the workforce. Um, See. Cause like even I found in college, like when I understand like the why and like being, being like a part of like my organizations um, and being like part of them and like seeing the end goal helps a lot too. Yeah, it definitely helps give you a sense of purpose and it just helps kind of make you more excited about that you're doing when you see what kind of impact it's going to have down the line. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so another question I have on here is what is some advice you would give to a college student who is about to transition into the workforce? Um, maybe like a lesson that you learned when you like first got into the workforce. Um, yeah. So if it's still early on enough for students, I definitely recommend getting an internship. Um, even if it's not like what the actuarial field, um, just getting into a routine of seeing what it's like being in the office. Um, being there from eight to four, eight to five, whatever your schedule is, getting used to kind of what that environment looks like and how you like it. I think that that's really important. And other advice that I would say would just be, be ready for things to change. And change I know is very scary, but change is also very good. So like I had mentioned earlier, your routine is definitely going to be switched up a little bit unless you already have that kind of structured nine to five lifestyle. So it can be a little intimidating the first few weeks that you do it, but after a while you kind of are okay with it. I definitely ended up liking the routine of it a lot more. 
And I think another thing to note is because you don't have as much free time as you might while you were a college student, studying for exams can be a little difficult as well. So just making sure that you allot yourself a decent amount of time, whether it's one to two hours every night before you wake up or before you start work, not before you wake up, don't study while you're sleeping. Um, Just making sure that you're setting that time aside as well. And also on top of studying, another important thing is just making sure that you are staying well-rounded. So on the weekends, making sure you spend some time doing something enjoyable, whether that's going to the movies, hanging out with friends, making sure that you're getting caught up into just work and enjoy the um, work balance lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think I've learned too from just like being in my internship, it's all about balance of like finding when I can study, when I do work, um, when I get to hang out with friends because we are like, yes, we need to like pass these exams, but it's also you still want to live your life and not um, let it just go by. Um, I also liked your point of, um, oh, for the internship, because I last summer had an an accounting internship and like I obviously am not going into accounting and I realized accounting is not for me but it did give me a lot of um perspective of just like what it is to like work in the workforce and like how it is like working on a team and like being a part of um, the company and like helping them reach their goals yeah and I mean it doesn't have to an office pretty much is an office is an office so even though the teams might be different the dynamic might be a little different the feel of it overall should be the same. So wherever you can get your foot in the door is a great place. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. And also to kind of piggyback off of what you guys said about the whole aspect of balance, that is something I've heard across every single podcast I've done. You need to be able to strike that balance between work life and, well, life, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. So that's and I think that it's definitely. Oh yeah, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, Megan. No, you're good. Um, I think that's definitely more of a blurred line now that most people are working from home. I know that you guys can probably attest to that. It's kind of different from not being from not having that normal commute of going into the office, the normal commute of going to pick up lunch or going to the gym after work and then coming back home. It kind of is all now just one <laughs> because we quarantine and everything. So especially in times like this, when we're in the middle of a global pandemic, it's really important to make sure that you set aside that time to say, okay, from 12 to 1230, I'm not at my desk. I am eating lunch. I am taking a break. I am going on a walk. So you're not completely at your desk for the whole day because it's definitely hard to mix work or to get work and life too intermingled when they're at the same place. Exactly. I would, yeah, I would have to agree with that. I found that like difficult, um, that it's just like easy to like eat at your desk or um, like not slip away until it's like five o'clock when like you need like those little breaks in there too. Like, I don't know, I get brain fog. It's like I'm like walking <laughs> and then I like hit like a point, like a brick wall and I'm like, I can't think anymore. Like I have to just like go for a little walk and come back to it. Yeah, that definitely happens to me especially when we're going through a projections run or I'm studying and there's either one formula that's not working or I'm doing a problem and I just can't get one of the five answer choices. And I'm just like, all right, I'm out. I'll see you guys in 10 to 15. I'm going to take a break. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the most helpful things you can do for yourself is just taking a moment to step away um, from everything and, and just kind of disconnect and make sure that you're keeping yourself on path to succeed. So definitely agree. So what is um, some tips or tricks you would offer someone before the pandemic happened that was looking to pursue an internship during that critical junior year summer? So my number one tip would be realize that it is a critical summer. Um, story time. I was a part of the math club, so I was able to hear about um, Humana because Lowell is a local company. So they were able to come to us and because they had talked about staying in the goal house all summer and all the great opportunities that they had, I said, sign me up. That's what I want to do. Little did I know that it was actually really competitive and people from all over the country <laughs> were applying for it. So definitely realize that it's kind of a good time to start getting your feet in the water at that point. Um, keeping your options open definitely is important. Don't be me. Make sure that you're applying to multiple different locations. Um, research the companies, see what they stand for, and apply to the ones that really do stand out to you, whether it's their values, the type of work that they do, the environment, things of that nature. And then making sure that you are expanding your network and whether it's pre or post COVID LinkedIn is a really great resource for connecting with people, whether it's the recruiters, whether it's people that are in the roles that you want to be in seeing where you can kind of build those to take you along later and utilizing any resources that your college might offer you. I know for where I'm at, we had a career development center that was really great. They helped you write your resume. They helped you do interview prep. They gave you questions that you could use. And I think that that was really helpful, especially when the interview times actually started, because it, they would give me questions that I knew that I would be somewhat familiar with. So when I actually was there interviewing, they weren't um, any shockers. Gotcha. So I guess one of the big things that you should try doing to, well, like before all of this happened, of course, which is basically expose yourself to anything and everything that could have happened. Yeah. So definitely utilize the resources that you have um, because in the digital age that we're in, there are way more than you can even imagine. So taking advantage of those meetings that your aerial science or math clubs might be offering um, other events that your campus might have for career fairs or anything like that, making sure that you know when those are, having those dates marked down, showing up um, not in sweatpants and <laughs> having your resume on hand, I think is really helpful to kind of just get your name out there and just to make sure that when you're seeing these people that you are being true and genu genuine to yourself, try to have a smile on your face. I know that it can definitely be a very nerve wracking experience, but just leaving a good imp first impression is always a great idea as well. Yes, first impressions are key. And I want to back up a little bit to what you said about how now we're currently in the digital age and how important LinkedIn really is. Building your network is in itself, especially right now, is incredibly difficult because you don't get that face-to-face -face interaction. But like you said, we're in a digital age and it's a different time. Um, this is one of the best ways to grow your network. But that kind of leads into the next question. I don't want to steal any of Charlie's show here. So I'm going to let her dive right into that one. <laughs> yes, thanks, Matt. Um, so the next question is, um, what about during like, now that we are in the pandemic, um, what do you suggest students to do um, 
differently to get their um, a good first impression and network a little bit. So number one, social distance from anyone that you are going to see in person if um, interviews actually do start happening at that point. So make sure that you're staying six feet away, wear your masks. Um, but definitely, I think utilizing LinkedIn for number one to meet, meet potential recruiters or companies, kind of getting your name out that way. Utilizing other resources like Zoom or Skype or any other way that you can kind of have a face-to-face -face interaction with them, even if it's not actually in person. And I think just making sure that on top of everything, are being safe because I know that it could be really tempting to, you know, try to find that one recruiter and meet them for coffee to kind of get their insight on the company and what types of positions they're offering. But staying safe is definitely the biggest thing right now. For sure. Um, and I wanted to go like, once you get your foot in the door, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit earlier, but it's like finding the company that like works with you too. Um, I think everyone has like a spot. Um, and so like just finding what company you can like vibe with and like fit in with their culture. Um, and like, that's really important. Yeah. And I think another thing that's important to realize, especially during the pandemic, um, because you might not be seeing people face to face, remember that recruiters want you just as much as you want an internship too. So I know that it can probably be a little bit discouraging if you're not seeing these people at career fairs, you know throwing their pamphlets in your face and saying, hey, us out, because I know that that's very exciting. And that was one of, that was a really great part of the college career. But even if you don't have that, know that they are still looking for you. They are looking for the next fit for their company. So kind of keeping your hope up with that, even if you don't get to see them in person. No, I like the perspective of that it's not just us wanting the internship, but they want us to because it helps um, them. Like, it's like the easiest recruiter of getting like a full-time job and off, like full-time offer. Yeah, definitely. And for most companies, they do like to just keep internal hires for those full-time positions, especially while you're an intern, it's kind of easy for you to, you know, actually ease into the position see what it's like being in their office, see what it's like being in that environment. So you don't have to worry about um, that when you come on full time, you're kind of already know the ropes, so you don't need somebody to show you as much. Yeah, for, for sure. Especially since like they are spending like, that whole summer, like teaching you stuff. I'm um, not having to like start completely from scratch. Um, okay, Matt, do you have anything else to say? We can go into our final question. No, this is my favorite question of all time because I'm a huge foodie and I know Megan and I had a disagreement about which Mexican place was better last year. So if one of those places is on the top three, we might have to disregard this question. We'll see. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but go ahead. No, I, I'm good. <laughs> so our last question is, what are the top three places in Louisville to grab a bite that you enjoy? Okay, so I said this a little bit earlier. I had to discuss this with my boyfriend last night because there are a ton of really good restaurants in Louisville to try out. So for those of you who don't know, Louisville is actually a really big foodie town. Um, there are a lot of local places to get um, some Southern comfort food, things of that nature. So my top three picks would be number one, my absolute favorite restaurant in Louisville is Sapporo. It is a sushi restaurant. Um, so for those of you who like fish, we actually do have um, a port here, an airport here that, uh, 
or a UPS hub, I'm sorry, that's the right word for it, that brings in fish. So it's extremely fresh <laughs> and it's just a really good restaurant. Their fried rice is to die for and their New Orleans roll is absolutely phenomenal. Um, number two would be a little bit of a local gem. It's called Dairy Castle. It is a little mom and pop ice cream shop that still only takes cash. You can't even bring a credit card there, but their soft serve ice cream and all of their little snacks, you know, for when you're on the go or if you're just out and about, they're really, really good. It's definitely the best ice cream place in town to me. And I think the third that I would pick would be a restaurant called Porcini. It is kind of a fancier Italian restaurant. Um, it's off of Frankfurt Avenue, which is kind of a up and coming little street as well. And if you're in the mood and you kind of feel like treating yourself, it's definitely a place that you should check out. All of those sound amazing. I'm like bummed that I can't be in Louisville this summer, but maybe next summer. For sure. And I totally agree. Like before we even started recording this podcast, we actually got into uh, talking about the food a little bit more. So that's, that's what Megan was talking about with that. But um, I totally agree. And the craziest part is I have never been to any three, any of these three places last summer. And I feel like <laughs> I went to a new place at least maybe even two new places every week. It seemed like there's so many locally owned places up there. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah, and it's definitely when you're downtown too, you'd be surprised at how many restaurants are right within walking distance. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the typical Humana internship is you stay at the Galt House Hotel, which is right in the heart of downtown. And when you're staying there, you are within walking distance of, I almost want to say hundreds, probably not that many, but a ton of restaurants downtown. and Probably. <laughs> Yeah, so they pretty much have everything that you could imagine, whether it's just like a sandwiches, a kind of bar food type of restaurant, sushi, Italian, you name it, there's probably a place downtown for it. So it's really easy to get to try new places all the time, which is awesome. And that's just in one little suburb of Louisville, because the city is a lot bigger than just the downtown area. So when you get to Barstown Road or Frankfurt Avenue or other places, there are definitely a lot more options to try out. And one word to describe it all, just absolutely awesome. <laughs> but Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast here today and providing your insights um, from whenever oh, you absolutely. into the full-time role. We greatly appreciate um, <laughs> you know, what, what you had to offer for our students because like you said, like I said before, whenever we first started, uh, you've done a lot and you've exposed yourself to a lot in college and, you know, you made the transition um, very well, in fact. So we're, we're great, very grateful to have you on today and provide some insights. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Yes. Thank you all for listening. This is Matt and Charlie signing off.